big octopus daddies. My new that, that's my new game. Can 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 I change the first word to massive? To what? Sorry, massive. Massive octopus daddies. Yes, I think. All right, can I remove octopus? <laughs> Just have massive daddies. Massive daddies. These daddies are huge and waiting. <laughs> can I change daddies to fathers? Massive father. No. <laughs> No, I don't think that improves it. I think Massive Daddies is better than Massive Fathers. I think it changes the game. Okay. So, like, the deal with Massive Daddies is that there's no sort of, oh, daddy, there's like, there's no sort of fucking... I mean, I guess maybe you can, but it's not that weird sort of daddy thing that people say during sex. Which we talk on, we talk about on almost every episode of the podcast. Yeah, we should But it's just about really big dads. Yeah. Like, like, like what? Like a bit like world's strongest man, world's biggest dads. Yeah. <laughs> world's most gargantuan fathers. <laughs> now, now, gargantuan fathers is—it's not massive daddies. It's not double daddies. By daddies. A sequel to Double Dragon. Sorry. By daddies. By daddies. By daddies. That's a different story. That's a daddy split in two. That's not what people will think That's it a, is. Split daddy. They're going to be very upset. <laughs> Gay daddies. Yes, we, by which I mean they're very happy. We gave them balloons. <laughs> we gave them balloons and jam sandwiches. And they are just made up. <laughs> I, lo- I love the phrase made up. It's nice. Absolutely made up over this. Unlike really. a phrase I heard yesterday, which is yucking someone's yums. You only heard that yesterday? No, but I heard it again yesterday and I was reminded how vile it is. That's okay. I think... So I think the phrase yucking someone's yums isn't bad. The phrase, oh, my yums. <laughs> Damn, like, somebody's oh, yucked my yums. Or like, or like well... Listen, just before we get down to business, um, are there any sort of yums you have you'd like to indulge? Sorry, what? You know, yummies. Yums and yucks. I need to know your yums and yucks. Yums and yucks. What, what do you mean? Your likes or dislikes? Don't ever call, them, and... don't ever call <laughs> them yums and yucks again. Your likes and dislikes, but in a fucking way. No. You can yuck yums. Can you yum yucks? I guess. That would be like liking gross things. Yeah. Like, like that utter pervo, James Joyce. <laughs> oh, do a big fart on me nosy. And he was writing to his girlfriend, to his wife. Oh, give me a big stinky toot right in my trousers. <laughs> oh, on my trousers, then fart. In them. I've, I've tied the ends off so they'll inflate like a balloon. <laughs> Scud around the foothills, my darling. Pods never run an eve of Adam. I've never read. I, I, I read. I read the first chapter of the portrait of the artist as a young boy, and my god, I just couldn't. No, oh, it's just insufferable. Well, I, I'm sure it's good. I get it's like, James Joyce to me is very much the Dark Souls of literature. Yeah, in that everyone else says it's great, but I can't get there. And I guess I I played I played Dark Souls a lot. I got to Anno Londo, and then I realised it was good. What are you searching? I'm trying to find the um, Anna Olivia Plurabella prayer. In the name of Anna the All-Maserful, the Ever-Living, the bringer of plurabilities, hallowed be her eve, her sing-time sung, her rill be run, unhemmed as it is uneven. Yeah, that's pleasing. I just love the way that sounds. 
Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you know what? Maybe this Joyce character is okay. Yeah. That's in Finnegan's Wake, so it's in the bonkers bit. Right. Right. It's time. Oh, yeah, baby, it's time. And then... It was time. In a world. In a In a world where nothing is... Hang on, I'm going to get real close to the microphone. Helicopter, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry. P- please don't laugh at me. Have to get to the helicopter. The questions are coming. So many questions. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> that proper pooped me up. <laughs> That's the intro, then. Hello, and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. Hello. <laughs> My name is Grant Howitt. This is Chris Taylor, and we answer role-playing game questions for your amusement, delight, and education. Edutainment. Yeah, I, I always I, I kind of miss edutainment, or is it entication? Entication sounds like something you get done by a doctor. Yeah, like like you like you get injured and they have to do an emergency entication. <laughs> it like involves putting awesome. a pen in a tube. Yeah. Anyway, we answer role playing game questions. Another thing we do is write role playing game books. Yes, and we I have do. received a delivery of five hundred of the fuckers this week. Weighty tomes. I, I bought. I carried five hundred books by hand into my small London flat. <laughs> I should note that, like, they, they were grouped together in boxes, and they weren't all. They weren't all individual, and they weren't all together. It's not quite the feat of um, tenacity or strength that you may be imagining. <laughs> but five hundred books by volume mm. is a lot of books. Yes, yes. I can't really close the bedroom door now. Because that's where we had to put them. However, we've got a lot of books. We've got a lot of postal packaging. We are we are ready for UK Games Expo, which is exciting. We're going we're we're going to be there, Hearty Dice fans. Yeah. Um. Or, and if you if you come up and say the following trigger word, what's the trigger phrase, Chris? Um. I'm trying to think hearty. of something that's not offensive. Hearty. Or like or like I'm hearty. How are you? In fact, yeah. Go up. <laughs> if you don't know what we look like, this is even better. Go up to stalls and ask them and say, I'm hearty, how are you? And if the other person says, I'm friendly, nice to meet you, I'll give you a free one page role playing game. There you go. If I forget the response phrase, you don't get the game. <laughs> Loopholes. And if you ask anyone else in the stall, I will not brief them. So, um, good luck. For a bit off just stealing the game. Don't steal our games. Please don't steal our games. You can now buy you, our games on our yeah, website. Yeah, you can, you can buy them. You can get a physical copy of Spire. That's available on our website. It's going great, Guns, honestly. Spire, like, much better than I expected, which is yeah. nice. But then again, I think all my work is kind of shit. So, <laughs> so it's kind of... It's, I'm always kind of surprised when stuff takes off. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything to be a success. So anything is good. On that subject, let's make this podcast a success. Let's make this podcast something people actually want in their ears. Yeah. Ask me a question, my big friend. Okay. This one comes to us from Voodoo Poodle. <laughs> Say it. It's great fun. Voodoo Poodle. Isn't Hang that on, good? Can, can I try it in a voice? Please. 
Voodoo Poodle. Mm. Voodoo Poodle. Mm. Sonorous. Mm. Advice on letting <laughs> players have monsters as pets. Yes. That's my advice. <laughs> that's not advice, Grant. Start with a grill and move up from there. Wow, that's um, very much at the deep end of monster pets. A grill pets. is a brain the size of an occasional table with a beak the size of another occasional table hovering in midair suspended by venomous tentacles. Yep. And you wanted it's to a, just curl up under the kitchen counter. It's a challenging pet, like a cockatoo or bear. <laughs> what about a baby dragon? Well, they get big, don't they? Maybe you need a licence? I mean, is that a thing? Do we need to licence this? Also, aren't dragons smarter than us? Yes. Aren't they at least of human intelligence? So I think what you've got there is a slave or prisoner. <laughs> I guess like, if it has a job, it's a slave. If it not, doesn't have a, it, not according to this pet license. <laughs> doesn't doesn't say anywhere you can't have dragons, right? I think I think like monsters have to be of below, like below intelligence three. Otherwise, what you've done there is just capture something. <laughs> That's like saying I've got a pet human. Yeah, I've got a pet orc. Yeah, that's, that's dangerous ground. I had, I had a pet boy in our first campaign. Was it a hireling or a pet? Uh, I don't remember the rules you used. He had, he had he had a very he had intelligence six and was mute. <laughs> Technically, I, he was a hireling, but he yeah. became a fast friend. Lunk, lunk, the, the pointer and screamer, although mute. <laughs> I just need someone to carry all my stuff. Yeah, you get a lot of stuff in D anD. d That's how it works. Um, I think monsters as pets is cool. I think dragons. You can't have anything which can think. I think things like an owlbear is good, but again, very dangerous. You want to go for stuff which isn't going to... Put it this way. If you can hit level 10, owlbears aren't a huge issue. But you're not going to be surrounded by level 10 people, are you? No. So you need something which, which isn't, going to, isn't going to absolutely maul a level 1 character. So that, put, that puts cats right out. <laughs> Super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you want something that can't take off your skin while you're sleeping. So the skin take is probably not a great idea. No, that is that is a hurdle for them. Plus, they're intelligent. <laughs> and 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 like and like that, you'll wake up. You'll wake up at like four or five a.m. just as the sun's coming up, and like, like there'll be there'll be a scratching at the door, and the skin taker has nicked some skin off someone from down the street and, and is presenting it to you. <laughs> and then you got to do that awful walk back with a bundle of skin. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is this your skin? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. You know how it is. <laughs> Skin taker. <laughs> S- sorry. <laughs> the old skin ha- taker shaking my finger at you. I got hungry for skin. <laughs> Always skin with the skin taker. I just oh. don't get why it's skin. <laughs> why can't you do chickens, eh? What about I a like rock? chicken skin. A rock. Like the bird rock. R-O-C. It's, again, like this, it's, really, it's legendarily big. Where are you going to keep it? In a big cage. What? You've not got that. You've not. You've not got cage money. Also, you've not got rock feeding money. <laughs> no, like, that's true. The amount a rock would consume. I think you'd have to keep it above you somewhere. Yeah, and it would eat whatever cows you walked past. What about a mm-hmm. roper? Ropers are um, the stalagmites that have tentacles on them. Yes. Well, I think I think they need help because they can't. They sure as shit can't exist in an, in an ecosystem. But yeah, that's the thing. They they live in dungeons for extended periods of time with no food. Right. So very like a cactus, the cactus of pets. Exactly. I mean, it can't move. 
No, you just put and it, it will somewhere. Tr- it will try and put you into its mouth. <laughs> I guess. I guess it's about training the the roper. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think like plenty of people keep snakes that can like bite them or what have them. Or yeah. What have you. And so it could be. Like, you just have to keep it in a cage, or I guess because it can't move, just stay six foot away from it at all times. <laughs> Maybe you've got to to be there just... when it comes out of the egg, so it bonds to you. Yeah, I was. Thinking, I assume they come, come out of eggs. I was thinking, did they come from eggs? But then, then I had the idea of a live roper birth, which, is, <laughs> which I think is the worst thing imaginable. That is grotesque. That is grim. Oh, what about a beholder? Now, a beholder, I'm in. I think they're, they're not. They're not intelligent, are they? They're just naturally magical. I believe so. Yeah. I think like I think like the older ones can get intelligent or what have you, but and like or like a special breed of them can get intelligent. But I definitely like I think they're kind of cute, and they're also like a like a magical Swiss Army knife. Yeah, you've got all like, sorts of like, different lasers and anti magic, and if a wizard bothers you, just just get your beholder to have a look at it. Yeah, keeps you safe. You say Swiss Army knife. I'm not. It's not often that I need a load of acid. Well, I mean that doubles up as the knife, doesn't it? <laughs> no, you can't. You can't use acid to chop your vegetables. <laughs> That's how big actually, the vegetable is. You know what? You know what? Quite often, um, when I've been living in rented accommodation, the drains have become blocked, and I've had to go out and buy expensive drain cleaner. But if I could just have Holdy, yeah, just to squeeze like, his seventh eye, we call it like Beholden Caulfield. That's clever. Yeah, have him just into there um, and put a load of acid down. That'd be great. I'd, I'd just call it crotch. Why? Behold on my crotch. Oh, uh, okay. Actually, you know what? Beauty. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. After my favourite saying, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> After my favourite saying, Age Before Beauty. Skellington's. Skellington's classic pet. And you see, like, zombies smell. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, but skeletons. It's a bit morbid at first, but like also like no, no one paints skeletons. You can lacquer them. You can do what you want to those guys. I, you can have like you have like a Day of the Dead celebration in your house every day. I think that my skeletons would look perfectly normal. What, you mean like normal skeletons or normal normal people? skeletons until you put them under a black light. Oh, at which right. point they're covered in swirly patterns in in a myriad of colours. You take them out to raves, that sort of thing. Yeah. I'd probably put my pet skeletons. I'd sneak them into Madame Two Swords, <laughs> and then and like, I'd, I'd, I'd give them like a heat gun so they they, they could inhabit the bodies of the waxworks. Yes, and then it would be like, is that an illusory? Um, who's a famous person? Fuck Mel B. <laughs> <laughs> Mel B. That's where your brain went. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's there's a waxwork of her. Probably. I think I think whenever I went out to somebody else's house, I'd make them hide in somebody's cupboards. Ah, uh, what for? Like for the skeleton in the closet gag, or just yeah, to jump out? Both. I mean, I'd probably have them do a lot of like, like yard work and stuff, like, like, like dogs hoovering. Dogs don't do. Do- dogs collect things for you, but they, but they don't mow the grass yet. My <laughs> new skeleton dog. <laughs> Get the flesh off of it, and it's a better pet. <laughs> yeah, I like the dog. Bit fleshy though. <laughs> Not sure about this hair business either. Oh you, oh, you feed your dog? Oh, dear. Oh, a gosh. If you stop doing that, eventually you never have to do it ever again. <laughs> eventually, eventually you get a much more useful animal. Yeah, it's a bit cummy a party. That's <laughs> what the duct tape's for. Mm, let me ask you a question. Okay. Let me navigate to what the fucking questions are. Okay. 
William Cohen asks, Okay, gents, my year nine game design class is about a fortnight away from the storytelling games unit. I've got ten times one hour lessons and twenty students. What are some suggestions for helping them understand and enjoy some super basic RPGs? Now, this... Bill. Now, I love Billy. He's a great guy. He, he, was, he was one of my best friends in Australia. But this cheeky motherfucker trying to get us to write his lesson plans. This is what you're getting paid for, Bill. This, this is, is your what, job. This is what the parents of your students, I don't know how the Australian uh, academic system works, are paying for. I presume it's a private school. Point is, give us some money and we'll answer your question. <laughs> Otherwise you can get to fuck. You can get to fuck. To hell with, to, to hell with building the next generation of games designers. That's just competition. Yeah, it's like vampires. I don't want to make more vampires. They'll just come and eat me. <laughs> As you have done with so many other vampires. Yeah, that's that's, that's how I got so big and strong. <laughs> Why do you think we haven't seen Monty Cook in public for three years? Et him. <laughs> He's been very busy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure thing, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah Invisible Sun, yeah. That, is, that isn't the ravings of a mad AI I trained on all Monty Cook's previous books. <laughs> It's one of those books that just auto-write Harry Potter. They're just pumping yeah, their RPG ideas. Yeah. Um, okay, should we actually answer this question? Let's try, yeah. Um, whenever I teach um, game design in schools, it's been a while, actually. It's been a few years. But whenever I teach game design in school, I generally try to play uh, Lasers and Feelings. I think that is a wonderful system. It's one page, so like you can send it round for the, for the class to read beforehand. They never do. <laughs> it's... I, I, I guess when I was in university, I never did any, any of the reading for the class either. No, well, obviously. Um, I, I guess I was too cool. Yep. But you can turn it... Like, and even if they don't read it, you can you can bring along a load of photocopies or send it around to their laptops or what have you. And then they can, they can understand and digest the rules within a matter of minutes. And then what, 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 I, what, I, what I always used to do is, is I would pick out like four or five people from the class to act as characters... Mm-hmm. And then basically use the rest of the class as like, hmm, what do you reckon we should have here, class? Um, and use them as sort of like a GM chorus. I think you may be aiming this a little bit high. Well, how old are they? Well, they're in year nine. How old is year nine? Ten, maybe? I think he's second. I'm just going to think of how old is Australia in year nine. Between 12.5 and 14. Okay, so I still think you're pitching this a bit high. Well, you played Dungeons & Dragons when you were between 12.5 and 14. Yes, but he did also ask for super basic RPGs. Well, it's, it's the most super basicest available. All right, okay, so sorry. How, how, how more basic can we get it? I think, like, one of the things you need to be looking at is the fact that you're telling a story first and then, right. apply, and then learn how rules can apply to this to mediate the story. Okay. So you just get the kids to say to tell you a basic story, like we walked through a forest and then killed a dragon. Okay, that's a pretty advanced story, but go on. That's <laughs> the best that we've ever done. Well, actually, tell you what, I'll play the role of the children. You okay. play the role of Bill. So, okay. tell me a story, a really no. short one. No. Now I'm not a teacher, so I'm just going to hit you. <laughs> I'm going to go have some steaks on the barbie. That's racist. Yes. Um, um, okay, here's a story. Uh, once upon a time, there was a, a an enormous princess, 
powerful and muscular. Mm-hmm. And she was uh, bored with her humdrum royal existence. Do I need to keep telling until the story happens? Yeah, no, what I'm trying to get is, like, literally what I said, we walked through a forest and killed a dragon. Right. And then you work, then, then, then you start talking about how rules can change the path of the advent, uh, of the story you just told. Right, okay, so, like, so, like, rather than walk through the forest, let's see if we can navigate through the forest. Yes, let's see what happens on the way through the forest by using yes. rules. Let's see what happens and... when we get into combat by using rules. Yes, okay. Even if it's like, as simple as this is this is a dice, yeah. If it if it shows a five or a six, you win. Um, in fact, actually, Billy, we're going to write you a system right now. Okay. Here, use a d six. If it shows a five or a six, a good thing happens. If the character is good at whatever it is they're doing, it's a four, five, or six. And if it shows less, something bad happens. There you go. There you go. Quite simple. Use that. Like, leave it that level of simple for the first couple. Yeah. So they and can understand how changing the story l- looks from a rules perspective, from what the rules look like when the story yeah. changes. I think, I think crucially, like, one of the biggest things you can teach uh, young game designers, and actually older game designers, is that failure should not be the end of the story. Failure is a branch within the story, and yeah. it might take it to unexpected places, but a story still happens. And so you can teach them a lot about failing forward. It's not, um, oh, the character wants to walk through the woods, and they roll the three, so they don't do it. It's something bad happens. So perhaps a mysterious witch is like, hello, hop into my cauldron. There's an apple inside. I put a lovely apple in there. Children like cauldrons, don't you, and apples? Get I assume. In. I've never seen a children. I only have this witch voice. <laughs> it's the same one who lived in a bin. <laughs> it's a bin witch. Yes, hello. Hello. Don't do that voice to children. Or really lean into it and get a full, like, cow stick. Everything. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. I mean, and Billy's the sort of guy will dress up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now he did say he's got ten one-hour lessons and twenty students. So I don't like, mate. Hey, you know what, mate? We've given you one class. Right? Tell us how that one goes. Right back in. Sweeten the deal a little bit, huh? You, you know what my PayPal is. Maybe you, uh, maybe you start sponsoring the podcast a little bit more, huh? You, you know the address of um, Hearty Dice Towers. You know where the Tim Tam should get sent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, send us over some tin. In fact, Chris has been saying he really wants a koala. Give us one. Yeah, post it. Yeah, I want a kookaburra. I want to train it to eat bacon off a plate. <laughs> and then release it in greasy spoons. <laughs> Have it cackle while it chows down an egg. Oh, they make the worst noises. Oh, they're gorgeous. They make brilliant laughing noises. Freaking I miss Australia. Shall I ask you another question? Um, yeah, okay. Fans asks... What would mm-hmm. you rename the classic D&D races? Okay. Um, give me a race and I'll rename it. Elf. Tallman. <laughs> Dwarf. Wideman. <laughs> Halfling. No. <laughs> Gnome. No. <laughs> Orc Greenman Bigman uh, Half Orc Half Bigman <laughs> Half Elf 
Shit, my system's breaking down. <laughs> oh, sorry, Demi Tolman. Demi Tolman. Demi Tolman. Half orc, half elf. Half orc, half elf. Yeah, Demi Tolman, Demi Bigman. Hi, I'm Demi Bigman. Hi, I'm Tol Bigman. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tol Bigman, and I'm here to talk to you about auto safety. <laughs> what a coincidence! I'm Big Tolman. <laughs> Big Tolman, let's make out. <laughs> I. Hmm. I think that I think that honestly, you can you can get away with um, having something folk, which I think Will said in the Discord, of having like uh, forest folk, um, mad, uh, magic folk. I quite like that suffix. Yeah. Um, and I think naming people like naming people where they're from rather than what they are is more interesting than settingy. Yeah, I mean there there is the 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 problems then of having. Um, a race named for where they live that is multicultural. That is interesting. Yeah, that is actually quite interesting. In because the, in the, in the drought culture. You need to be able to make a distinction for the rules. Yeah, that's true. Um, Claire asks, what would you rename the classic D&D classes? I'm going to turn this one around on you. Uh, Fighter. Hitman. No, that's already a thing. Damn! <laughs> Wizard. Mage. Sorry, you'd rename them to Mage. I'd rename them to Mage because Wizard is a silly name. Mage is better. Oh, okay, I suppose so. I like I like Magus. Yeah, I'm, Magus is more of a sorcerer in my head. I, mm, I I view him as a wizard because they've got uh, like they're they're a master. The Magus they're like they're they're, they're an alchemist. They uh, they're, they're into right. the book learning and stuff. Your sorcerer is more like your high priestess. If we're getting tarot tarotty. Terotic? Terotic. Auto-terotic. The terotic arts. <laughs> where would you put... Where, where would you put... Probably in the bin. Where would you class bards? Hmm... I'd probably call them... Something weavers. Maybe just weavers. Weavers is quite nice. Yeah. Song weavers. Uh, well, like you, Dance you, you could weavers. have you, you could have song weavers or or like tail spinners, scar weavers, um, scar weavers, scar weavers, SKA. Oh, so I so, so I, I thought it was like they're inflicting scars, but actually no. they're inflicting scar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they've got a trumpet. They've got, they've got a trumpet and they know how to use it. Well, <laughs> they they've got a trumpet think, and they're very enthusiastic. I think I think they've got a trumpet and they are un. Unnaturally keen. Yeah, I think that um, having weaver attached to them, and so like, oh, I'm going to weave something out of the strands of magic, and it might be a song or it might be a poem, but I'm going to create something and then weave magic into it. And then you could also have like spinners and cutters if you want, but that's um, that's a different system, mate. Yeah, that is a different system. Yeah, druids could be spinners. Druids could be. Um, We've already got Greenman, haven't we? Fuck. <laughs> that naming convention coming back to bite you. Half bears? No. Um, Insane, sorry, on the topic of races. Dog havers. Go on. <laughs> One of the things I really like about Shadow of the Demon Lord is it calls them yeah. ancestries. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Which is a, just a nicer word than races. Yeah, and goblins are um, are all fey. Yep. But like kind of grotty fey. Yeah. And I like you, that. You That's can nice. have like ogres and things like that as well. Yeah, and and like it means the same thing, but like, I think ancestry implies that there's kind of a shared ancestor, like a common ancestor. Yeah. Rather than oh well, you are this race and I am this other race. Yeah, I think uh, or like kin works quite nicely mm. as well. 
But on the subject of the of the classes, I think mm. one of the interesting things to look at is that the, a a fighter is called a fighter mm-hmm. because it's a broad category, not a warrior. No, a fighter. But like you're in some systems, you have blade master, mm. which is a specialized fighter. Yes, you know the old Kensai things like Someone that. Someone who really likes the comics. <laughs> um. But you, you've got to be vague with that wider character class. Yeah, Rogue's very vague as well. Yeah. As well. As well. Uh, Rogue is, is thief, but also assassin. Yeah. And generally, like, they're there to deal with traps. Which seems like a pretty niche role, honestly, isn't it? Yeah, and also, it's just... It's, it's the party's whipping boy. Like, well, that's, that, that's the paladin. Well, no, but you walk in front of the party yeah, to true. either yeah. discover even the get traps armor. or trigger them. Yeah, or to hide somewhere and come back and say, yeah, hi guys, yeah, there's a bunch of guys up there. All right, we'll go get in position, we'll come up We'll, we'll, we'll come up and help you. All right, thanks, yeah. Yeah. Like, what? I'm not doing that job. <laughs> well, you're not a natural rogue. I always saw you as more of a wizard. That, that's fair. Or as you'd but... say, mage. Megos. Magos. What other classes are there? Monk. Uh, I would get rid of monks entirely, mate. Yep. I would rename them to, I would rename them to know. Well, they're fighters, but culturally appropriative. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's really it feels really weird. Everything else is like is like, oh, okay, so you know, like you've got you've got martial law, you've got um uh sorry, sorry not martial law, you've got you've got like the like L O R E. Yeah, Marshall. So, like, so, like, training in, in in sword techniques. Cool, I understand that. And wizards have their books, and you've got these semantic traditions. That's cool. And then you've got ah, oh, I have the mysterious powers of the east. Oh, how does that work? Mm, muscles. <laughs> it's mysterious training. I I'm wearing these nice pajamas. Like some some editions where, had the where, ability. Where are to... you from, monks? <laughs> Elsewhere. Some of them had the ability to set up deadly vibrations within people. Well, that's the thing. Like, it all sort of checks out, but it just it just feels like oh, we like the like we liked kung fu films, yeah, and this and this estate, and it just doesn't fit. like an all monk party feels better. Yes, I'm absolutely fine with that. Or but like, that, but a, then um, your source book is Oriental Adventures. It's what? Sorry, Oriental Adventures. Do you ever read Caucasian Adventures? I have not. No, I don't think no. that book exists. It was uh, it was posited. It was it was a theoretical book, and it had the contents list okay. outlined. But it's just it's like it's like adventures in the mythic land of Caucasia. <laughs> I kind of like that. Um, well, uh, it was proving a point, so yeah. I think you're kind of missing it there. I, I think I think there's, there's an issue. Like we've got we've gotten so well worn in what we understand uh, we, what we understand the mechanics of a fantasy game to be that you have sword user, magic user, thief user, and god user. Yep. It's not really a thief user, is it? I guess knife user? Cloak user. There you go. Cloak user and god user. And, and and everything else just sort of slots into those. It was most pronounced in 4th Ed, where they had to just really strong-arm shit into those positions. And you had the Eidolon. Yeah. Who was a wizard cleric. Who could who could summon a um, a marble tomb to entomb someone for a few rounds. Great. Super like, useful. They got a save to escape. Shitty tomb, guys. <laughs> That's a pretty bad tomb. And yet we also got warlords in that. Which, what, were, they were, in, which were great. 
They were in 3.5 as well. Y- yeah, but they they really shined in fourth. Yeah, they did. I like Warlords. That was super cool. Hmm. I think I think it's hard to move past them, and I think that um, if you do rename them, you end up um, you end up just trying to look a bit cool. And also, in a lot of cases, especially if you're going for the the OSR traditional game mm, crowd, yeah, you end up alienating people who are looking for that mm. that easy in, yeah, and that instant recognition of fighter. Cool, I know what that does. Can you come up with the least inspiring names and then actually? No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not the least inspiring. The most tryhard, overblown, exalted heartbreaker names for D and D classes. Oh my god! Paladin would be Godhammer. <laughs> Fighter Hammer Hammer. Hammer 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 Hammer. Fighter um, Battle Lord. For some reason, all I've got for Rogue is Skullduggery Angel. Skullduggery what? <laughs> angel. Skullduggery Angel. Man, I'd watch that anime. Well, you know what? I would not. I would look at the description of that anime on Netflix. No, I would pass it by. Skullduggery Angel. How about just um, um, Nefariot? <laughs> Nefariot. Or Skullduggera. I like Skullduggera. Skullduggera. Lord of Battle. Wizard. God Screamer. God scream! God scream! You see, you've got it. Now we're getting there. Warlocks. Curse bender. That sounds a bit weird. Infernally bound. No, sorry. The infernal bound. Curse binder. The curse binder. Do you want a question? I'd love a question. You were talking about alienating people before. I was. I'm gonna segue smoothly into this question from I Badly Need Help, which is ideas for spooky aliens? There are very few spooky aliens in the in, in the world of cinema. Like, you don't have a whole bunch to draw on. Okay, look. Spooky is a weird phrase, because spooky doesn't actually imply scary. Spooky no. implies vaguely unsettling. Like, like, you might say, oh, the atmosphere in this field is a little bit spooky. Or like walking down this, like walking down this this road, uh, walking down this this miscovered Victorian cobbled street is kind of spooky, but it's not scary or terrifying or creepy. Yeah. Well, let's go for scary then. Well, there's the alien from Alien. Yep, that's one. Um, the aliens from Alien Two. <laughs> that's still one. The Predator from Alien versus Predator. You find the Predator scary? No. You don't. That's no. the thing. Like, there's not a no. lot of scary aliens in cinema. Um, Most the, of them uh, come off as silly. The lad from Cloverfield, big in the the Godzilla type thing. Yeah, that's quite scary, isn't I it? Guess not, that spook- is. not spooky though, unless unless you put a, covered it in a sheet, <laughs> just painted a skull on its face. Um, <laughs> had it had it reading from an equally giant book of terrifying tales. But aliens generally fall into comedy. Mm. roles and they they just don't work like war of the worlds at the time was scary but now Mm. if you look at the aliens themselves they're just teapots with real long legs i just i think i think like i can can do horrific aliens i can do terrifying aliens yeah i can do like like there's something monstrous and raw and horrifying about it and also something which is unsettlingly non-human oh actually tell you what I know creepy alien. It comes. It comes from the world of literature. Ooh, 
more precisely, book one of the Eisenhorn trilogy by Dan Abner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. Legally literature. Yep. Um, it was it was a, a, a race of um, almost like crab-like creatures. Okay. With um, with pallid um, human-esque hands, which they, they had multiple fingers and too many joints, and they would link them together to make sort of faces to talk to humans out of. Ooh. But the deal is they weren't symmetrical. Right. And everything, like, everything else in the universe is symmetrical. Yeah. And these things had like two legs on one side and three on the other. Ugh. And and it and it wasn't even like it wasn't it was that wasn't carried on throughout the whole species. So like having having that asymmetry in them and like a pronounced DNA level asymmetry rather than oh like, like I've got one eye about a couple of centimeters higher than the other. I've yeah. got one centimeter higher than the other. And I you know I do okay. No one's like, Ugh. <laughs> like I, I, I hope. I don't know. Not to your face. I've been wearing my headphones a lot more recently, so I wouldn't hear them. Yeah. What about you then? So um, I'm going to use the the actual spooky aliens from X Files mm-hmm. because in that case they came they come off as crazed scientist doctors more than they do your kind of signs aliens. I've not seen signs. Spoiler: They die when they come into contact with water. Oh, what about humidity? Never mentioned. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I mean, that is a problem, isn't it? That's isn't a huge problem. The, isn't that War of the Worlds? Uh, like War of the Worlds is um, they get like infected. They get they? a cold. Yeah, they get the flu. Yeah, but the the ones in in the X Files, the kind of traditional grey style aliens in the X Files, yeah. are really interesting from a gaming point of view because they're very rarely seen. Yeah. People get captured, taken away, experimented on, and then mm. their effects are felt. Mm. Or in certain episodes, like you'd find the results of their experiments or the human experiments on them. Mm. So there's one episode called Anasazi where they find a train car that's buried in in an Navajo desert, right? And it's filled with with alien corpses. Oh, um, and it's just a place to sort of get them out of the way. <laughs> Like okay. like dumping nuclear waste, yeah, um, and I and that's really interesting, and also quite spooky because you've got to... does Scully disbelieve it's a train that crashed? <laughs> no, she's must not. Must be a rational explanation. Mulder. She's not there. Oh, is that during the bit where she was pregnant and had to just sort of phone in and be behind things? Yes, <laughs> okay. and wear a lot of big coats, huge coats, huge coats. But that that using them as that pressure and. That behind-the-scenes um, manipulator, yeah, is a really interesting way of taking aliens because they can be super silly. Yeah, definitely, and I think that whatever you imagine is going to be better than whatever you you, you put down, right? Yeah, like it, it's the spookiest thing is something you can't see. The spookiest thing is your imagination, unless. No, I think that's everything. I think the spookiest thing is your imagination. Like, there's, 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 there's things you can show people which are more horrible than things they can imagine. Yeah, horrifying someone... is one thing. It says it's someone getting someone properly spooked. Mm. Um, how about you know those um, like amorphous blob aliens? Yeah, one of those in a skeleton suit, Ooh. <laughs> just kind of oozing out through the eye holes. It's very much the inverse of my wax uh, my wax skeletons from before. <laughs> <laughs> what if we got a skeleton right and filled it with wax? We did what? We filled it with wax. 
Right. What if we got a skeleton, put it in a skeleton suit, and people would be like, hey, no skeleton suit, and you'd be like, you don't have a fucking half of it. <laughs> it just starts crying. <laughs> this is my culture. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Okay. Looking for suggestions for incredibly stupid Shadowrunner names. This was sent in by Puffy Mumpkins. Well, there's one. I figure they must know that one already. Yeah. I think you need to combine piece of technology and mm. drugs. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, um, modem crack. <laughs> yeah. Crack modem. Or Dexaport. Dexaport. Mmm. Prince of heroin. <laughs> Scuzzy crack. Scuzzy crack. <laughs> Hello, I'm Scuzzy crack. I'm Scuzzy crack. I'm a big troll. I do magic. I'm Heroin Monitor. Now, Heroin Monitor's pretty... Heroin Monotone is actually a cool name. Yeah. We've come out the other side. It's a bit like Hero Protagonist. Yes, a little bit. But I think that's that's a fairly solid way of working it out. I really like um, the, the, the Shadowrun slang. I'm okay with some of it. But... Chumbo. Oh. I, I, I think chumbo is a word they use. Chummer is, yes, chummer. That's that's awful, chummer. Yeah, and I and I think I think we should try and introduce chumbo. So maybe like chumbo would be a good one. <laughs> yeah, just chumbo. Uh, backslash. That's good. Ludicrous Pete. <laughs> Ludicrous Pete. Sean Hannity Combs. Hang on. Right about you, twelve. Are you just doing rappers? No, um, Sean Hannity is a. Um, is a uh, is a Fox News presenter and Sean Puffy Combs is that, that, a um, is Puff Daddy. Is a rapper, yes. Sorry, P Diddy, yes. which he chose. Whatever he is now, keep he keeps reinventing his name. But uh, frankly, rapper names are great. Fifty Cent, yeah, that's good. Chameleonaire, 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 Chameleonaire. There was one just called The Game. That's great. Which I respect, because like that's, that's very much also the business he's in. Yeah. It's a bit like me rocking up and saying, yeah, hi, I'm Games Design. <laughs> I really am IT tech support. Yeah, it's me, D10 System. That's good. Chris, can we have game designer names, please? <laughs> what would be your game designer names? Well, maybe D10 System, but that sounds a bit more like a nerdcore rapper. It does. My game designer name would probably be something like... Oh, if I if I had, if I had really big boobs, I could be double D twenty, but I don't have big boobs. That's good. That's so good. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I always really like uh, the like roller derby and burlesque names. Yeah, they're very cool. And so, what if we what if we started to go by game designer names like that like that um that dickhole Zach S. <laughs> yes. Which I so I think Zach Sabbath is his real name. And if it's not, I mean, whatever. Like, I, I don't really want to get into real and fake names. Things people can have whatever names they want. Um, it doesn't make him any less of an asshole. But Zach S goes by that. So I mean, I really, I released Honey Heist under the name Grant H because I thought it sounded cool. <laughs> oh bless! But what if I was um, Captain Rerolls? <laughs> you you would be Captain Checkbox. Captain Checkbox. Oh, maybe just like Checkbox. That's good, and again, a good runner name. Checkbox. Yeah, it's a good runner name. It it sounds a bit more like a DJ name, like a drum and bass DJ. That's fair. 
checkbox featuring Ice Killer. Ice tea. Hi, my name's Checkbox, and I hope you like the Amen break. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, all drum and bass runs off the same sample called the Amen break. Okay, I had no, no idea. The, uh, <laughs> that. Okay, I did not know it's that the, was called the Amen break. It's the Amen break. It's from a 1970s track, I think. Right. Uh, and basically, like, all drum and bass and doubly all junglist runs off that. <laughs> um, which is why junglist is... Difficult to get into, troublesome as a musical I get, genre. I think you know how um, you know how like you need steroids to get big and muscly, like Thor. Yes, I think you need speed to listen to drum and bass. That is understandable. Oh, sorry, sorry, to junglist. Yeah, I, I, I can just about I can just about cope with, with with dubstep sober. I once knew somebody who always listened to industrial music. Industrial music—that's sort of that that harsh, discordant stuff, right? Yeah, and I can't process how you let that into your brain all the time no that, that i was at a party i was at a party um in australia many years ago and they just had the sounds they had the sound system rigged up to a laptop and i was like okay listen i know as a, 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 a group a pair of italian DJs, i think called the cyberpunkers and they did these things called illegal mixes and released them on soundcloud and they were entirely illegal for okay. them to do because it was all someone else's music they put together these really good lists of uh, really nicely mixed well-paced um, two hour long sets basically mm-hmm. hour, like, hour, hour long set so I was like hey we can put this on and so so, so we, we dialed it up and it, it was it was pretty good you know people were enjoying it and I went out for a fag and came back in and someone had put on industrial and there were two people dancing to it and it was like it was like someone driving a car through a meat grinder yeah it's, it's engine noises and cogs it was so far from music I just I felt pretty old in that moment Mm, like I like music that you could conceivably either watch a film to, mm-hmm. play a game to, mm-hmm. or clap along with. That's my musical taste. Yeah. I mean, also, like, I can get into, like, drone a little bit if I'm working. Like, like the sort of, the sort of music which sounds a bit like an ambient soundscape. Yeah, like, which oh, again is we- great for games. We are on this alien world. I'm trying to keep this tagged to RPG at least. You notice? Oh, uh, okay. Well, actually, what, what, so what's your RPG name? If I'm if, if I'm checkbox, check. If you're checkbox, I'd be balances. Balance. Balances. Checks and balances. I was trying to make uh, a duo name. I don't want to have. No, I like. I don't. I don't want us to be a themed duo like Chip and Pin. Oh, okay. Or Fish and Cushion. <laughs> How about? The game mechanic. That's good, but I think it's done. I think yeah, there's I think there's somebody on YouTube called the game mechanic. Wait, no, sorry, actually, it's one of our listeners. That's oh, ben. It? Yeah, sorry, that's his. That's his invention. Um, D one hundred. That could work. Maybe D one hundred. How about Chris of Cthulhu? <laughs> I quite like that actually. Chris of Cthulhu. That's not bad. Call of Chris. <laughs> That's, That's even no. better. <laughs> I think that's just your normal voice. Yeah, you, you don't make. You're not, it's not like a. Yeah, I don't think I'm um, cool enough for a name. I don't have enough of a reputation. You have. You have to lead into it. You have to. You have to build a brand. Yeah, that's the thing. My, about, brand, my brand is quiet. <laughs> how about Puffy Mumpkins? Puffy Mumpkins also taken. Your brand. Your brand is quiet. So how about what? What about like the shadow? Ooh. Mysterious. How, how about the massive daddy? <laughs> the colossal father. 
<laughs> Colossal fan. The big parent. <laughs> Uncle huge. <laughs> now we've gone right back round to big. No, we've got, we've got it. We've got it. We've got it. Uncle huge. Uncle huge in the checkbooks. There you go. Coming to you live from East London. It's Spire. <laughs> Got some great product? mechanics. Got some great mechanics from, from, from Uncle Huge. <laughs> Coming in with the world's biggest character sheet. Oh, it's massive. You'll need three pens to fill this one out. This Break is it completely down. unplayable. Knockout punch after knockout punch. I learned all my DJ patter from Tim Westwood. <laughs> Convicted felon, Team West, Tim Westwood. Teen Westwood. A team Westwood. I, th- I, I think Teen Westwood. We've just reinvented him for the younger generation. <laughs> it's just Tim Westwood, but in short shorts. Yes. Well, sorry, short trousers, not short shorts. No. No, need that. Um, ask me a question, my boy. I will. Uh, from Foxhound999, mm-hmm. how, much, how much say should players have over the campaign? Now, I want you to pronounce this correctly because he ends the sorry Fox Sound ends the sentence with an ellipsis and an ellipsis and then a um, a question mark that is unpronounceable. How I've got much, to leave it trailing whilst also going up at the end. How much say should play? So it should is capitalized. How hmm. much say should players have over the campaign? Campaign, maybe. <laughs> um, I think they should have lots of say over the campaign. Yeah, I like think fifty percent. I think you should, like, well, you should build the campaign around the characters they've got. And if you're using some sort of pre-written campaign, then they should, you should ask them questions about details that are incidental. Yeah, and one of the things I've always kind of been upset with when people talk about adventures is derailing. Mm. That's good. Yeah. If they're derailing the game by talking about a film they just saw, mm. then that's an issue. That's more sort of like focused... Yeah, F- fuzzy focus. But derailing the derailing the plot is them interacting yeah. with the plot. Yeah, well, they're interacting with the. That's the thing. So, like, there's there's a there's a real there's a real problem. I think in that in that you in that we've both referenced the plot. Mm. And I think if you use it as more like rather than the plot, you call it my prep or the preparation or like or like, or like the stuff I've got prepared. Yeah, the plot is whatever they do, my dude. <laughs> That's just the way it is. The plot is what happens in the game. It's not what you've dreamed up beforehand. And I find so many people who just need to write a fucking novel already. Yes. Write a novel, get out of your system, and then maybe and then maybe actually run a role-playing game with some choice in it. Yeah, and I don't mean choice like, oh, you can open the left door first or the right door first. No! no let, let, let them kill the, the villain right at the beginning by accident. Yeah. Or Something, like, There's always a power vacuum. Be very, be very grown up about it and say, hey, actually, guys, I thought it'd be really cool if the villain survived. Can we have him survive? And the player's like, oh, actually, I'd really like to kill him. And like, all right, cool, well, we'll work it out. Yeah. Talk and to each other. That's like, more fun. humans! Because it's a better story. Mm-hmm. Like, let, let, let it go off the tracks. I mean, by all means, start with a free published adventure. No, don't but, even do that. No, but... Unless, it, we, unless we wrote it. <laughs> and, then, and then pay us for it. But if you do start with a pre-published adventure, that's fine. Just don't expect it to end the way that they do. Yeah, you, you did that with our with our first um, our first ever D and D campaign. Like you had some sort of there was some sort of magic adventure where the, like we had to unite five bits of a broken sword. Yep. And there were some dungeons where the sword was, 
and some other things. And and from what I can tell, you use the dungeons as just dungeons we could go and wander into. And eventually you put some sword pieces near us. Yep. And you, you drew from it. You used it as a resource rather than, well, they must run through it in exactly this order. Yeah, and like I, I'm a much better DM than I now than I was then. So okay. everything was a little bit loose and a little bit confusing. But that it, campaign was the start of your note-taking process, which was in its entirety... Elven lawyers? Question mark. Blam is adventure. Yep. That was you. And that's that was, that, that was that's all the how I worked out adventures. Yeah. Like I used I used the start of somebody else's adventure, and I went, oh, mm. well, this isn't going to end this way. Yeah, I think if you if you know how a campaign is going to end before you start playing, don't play that campaign. You don't need to because you know the <laughs> ending already. There's no need, and like I guess like you've got. That's the thing which always bothered me about World of Darkness is you have to plot ten games in advance. Yeah, how are you supposed to do that? I don't know what I'm doing at the end of this session. No, and also the one of the things that hurt me with World of Darkness is that they they have a heavy meta plot. Oh God, yeah, they do, don't they? Uh, and that's that's something I always found really difficult to interface with. Mm. I remember the uh, I, uh, I I got into World of Darkness. I was posting on the Inquisitor Yahoo group. Oh, it was it was an it was an email group chain. Basically, and I was I was chatting and I was saying, oh, I'm really interested in in, in, in looking at in, in looking at Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, I've just picked up the core book, but I don't really have anything else. Does anyone know any resources? And this guy was like, send me your address. I got a load of books I'm not using. <laughs> and to this guy's enormous credit, because I think someone had just sent him sixty goblins, and he was like, I should pass this karma on. So he sent me like the storyteller's guide and a load of stuff for like the previous edition of Vampire, basically. Oh, that's lovely. Which he wasn't using anymore, but it was great. I, I had a good read of it. And there was this one, this one mission where uh, the vamp, like you were tasked with, or like you were embroiled or embrangled in a situation. <laughs> I love uh, embrangled. I don't. I'm not even sure whether it's a word. Where um, there, there, there were these three witches, and they had sort of crow familiars uh, flying around. You had to sort of infiltrate these like creepy New England woods, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. kind of fun. And um, there was this big daddy NPC, uh, a huge uncle NPC, if you will, yeah, um, who was a powerful mage. And there was a little note under, underneath his stat bot saying, "Hey, don't kill him. He crops up in other adventures later in later in the product line." Wow! Like, oh, fucking die. Have you considered that? <laughs> Die that in a is, fire, White Wolf. <laughs> that is not cool. Not you cool cheeky bastards. And like, so like, I will say one thing. In uh, within uh, within Spire, we've started to have NPCs who are referenced in multiple documents. Yeah, but I really like. At no point would I be like, "Hey, don't kill them, though." No, they God kill them. Perfectly killable. Write their corpses down a mountain. Yeah, you're like like whatever setting you play with it, it supersedes ours. 100%. I think the same should go for. Um, we've gotten very far away from the question, but yes, players should have lots of control. Ask them questions. Ask them what kind of campaign they're interested in. Um, treat them as equals. Um, you are you are effectively fans. It's from um, Apocalypse World. You are fans of the player. You're a fan of the player character, and you want to see them get into trouble and get out with the, by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, and this this goes like the, the amount of control players have is from before the moment you start playing. Mm-hmm. Like you should all have a say in what adventure you get you get to play. If you're playing published, like if you're playing a published adventure, everybody should yeah. get a say in that. Yeah. Like otherwise, if you're going to be playing like a, a mega campaign, like say you're playing horror on the Orient Express for Call of Cthulhu. So what? Is it murder or horror? Which horror. One is it? Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, murder's the 
book, isn't it? Yeah, the Agatha Christie. Right, Ho- yeah. Horror on the Orient Express is a really long mega campaign for Call of Cthulhu. Mm. If some people are not really on board with it, mm. that's not going to help. It's going to suck. Yeah. So Everyone's before you sit it. down, the players should be making decisions. Also, you should always let people know they can leave your campaign without yeah. hurting your feelings. Yeah. Like, I've I've been in multiple campaigns where I'm just not feeling it and I don't want to upset people for like 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 for leaving or what have you and so one thing I'm always really clear about is saying like okay we're going to, like we're going to do four games and then at the end of four games we'll sit down and chat and see if we're still into this also yeah. if at any point even now you aren't enjoying it you can leave and that's fine <laughs> yeah it's good it's a good thing to get down because 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 then 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 you don't get people who turn up and are bored and just going by the numbers yeah just don't show just stop coming Anyway, yeah, listen. Like, sorry, I'm getting quite shouty, and I think we should maybe wrap it up. Okay, let's let, let's call it to get, a close. I'm getting a bit fast and furious, a bit rapid and righteous. Why don't you do the outro this week, Chris? I'm tired and hot. I'm very hot as well, and I'll see if well, I can remember the outro. I've, I've done it 62 times. I've never listened. <laughs> <laughs> I've always put you on mute and done a big vape. <laughs> as soon as you start talking, I alt tab and mute you. Mm, great. Right, if you enjoyed today's podcast, then we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash heartydicefriends. Uh, you can send us questions on roanrookanddecker.com. We have a little little form you can fill out there. A little boxy. A little boxy box. Mm-hmm. Or you can email us at heartydicefriends at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter with Hearty Dice Friends. HDF Podcast. Mm, HDF Podcast. Yes. We love you. We absolutely adore. If you had your hair done, is that a new jumper? That's yes. You want? Oh, I was talking to the listener. Oh, you're wearing thought, a jumper. No I wonder you finally noticed. <laughs> I've been wearing this for three weeks, and you haven't said anything. Well, you haven't shown me a picture of you in that time, so I figure it finally came across in your voice. Yeah, that must be it. My tone changed. We love you, and we brought you to the ambassador's ball. Ooh. Uh, you are wearing an elegant evening gown slash finely tailored suit slash uh, whatever you want to wear. We, of course, are in our country's traditional garb of... Well, I'm wearing a kilt because I'm from Scotland. Chris, uh, wh- what's your country's traditional garb? Beef eater costume. It's my new jumper. <laughs> Chris is wearing his new jumper. And unfortunately, because we're at the Ambassador's Ball... There's, there's intrigue and espionage afoot, and we're going to need you to swallow this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in a bag. We haven't been briefed on what it is, <laughs> but we, all, we both had quite big lunches. So this is on you. This one's on you, but hey, we love you. So what we just, listen, just like go into the bathroom, get this in you. Please don't put it up your ass. My God, don't put it up your ass, okay? This isn't Rick and Morty. This is gross. Don't make this weird. Ugh. Swallow it. Um, I presume at some point we or someone else will be in touch uh, to get it back out. Yeah. It feels it feels quite heavy. I'm not going to lie. It feels like a drone. It does feel drone. Yeah. So uh, I guess definitely don't chew it. Yeah. You want that down um, in one. Yeah, you want the down in one. Um, and then and then once the ambassador comes in, we'll say the trigger word, and whoo boy, all, all shit's going to go, go, gonna, gonna go loose. All shit goes loose? Hell all, gets loose. All shit will get loose, as, all, as, as you all... will be flown around the room. <laughs> the drone will emit a... 
it's I believe it's known as a brown note. <laughs> as the drown as the drown as the drone emerges. <laughs> it's a birthday present for the ambassador, so we needed to be a surprise. Yeah, also think of yourself spice. as a big cake. Yeah, or like wrapping paper. Yeah, like wrapping flesh. We love you, wrapping flesh. Enjoy the party. Yeah.